Good afternoon from the racing capital of the world, Speedway, Indiana. It is Sunday, June 23rd, 2019. My name is Nick Sturgeon, your host. Thank you for listening to episode 54 of the Cyber.Now podcast, your favorite spot for learning about technology, cybersecurity, politics, and policy. I want to take the time right now to thank our show sponsor, Delta Research. I cannot thank them enough for their support. I also want to thank all of you who are listening to this episode right now for taking time out of your day. Time is the one resource that we do not get back and are not guaranteed. I really appreciate you spending that valuable resource on this podcast. For those of you who are first-time listeners, Thank you for tuning in. It is my goal to keep you around and coming back week in and week out. If you are a returning listener, as always, your continued support is very much appreciated. Outside of listening, I ask only a couple of simple things, and that is if you find this show's content valuable. That is, share the show with your network Subscribe, rate, review, and go sign up for my mailing list at cybernowpod.com for all the latest news, insights, and behind-the-scenes information. Jumping right into it this week. So a lot, a lot, a lot of news has been focused on the tensions between the U.S. and Iran. So over the past week, Like I said, tensions between the United States and Iran have seemed to progress from a slow rumbling boil to the point where the water is about to boil out of the pot. (laughs) Okay, I realize that's a horrible analogy, so please forgive me. However, you all know what I'm talking about as far as that imagery goes. Things between the two countries hit a new level this past week when the U.S. confirmed that the Iranian military shot down an unmanned aerial vehicle, or UAV, last week. According to a Wired.com article on June 20th, 2019, the UAV was a RQ-4A Global Hawk. This RQ-4A Global Hawk again, according to this article, is a $220 million surveillance drone made by Northrop Grumman. The New York Times is reporting that the U.S. claims the drone was shot down in the Strait of Hormoz over international waters. Now, Iran is claiming that it was actually in Iranian airspace, and that's why they shot it down. I do want to point out something here, and it's small. It really is inconsequential to the overall story. But the amount that the drone was cited to cost in the Wired.com article versus what was in another article versus what was in another article I found is completely different. And I point this out, again, not because it's any major point to the story, But it's really there to tell you, you guys need to look at different sources. Don't rely on a single source. Go out to two, three, four, five sources. 
before making a judgment. Because simple things like the cost to manufacture this drone, if they can't get that right, do you think they can really get some of the more critical and more complex pieces of the story right? And it, it really does make you wonder and give you pause to, again, go back and check out multiple sources. Anyway, back to the story at hand. Since Trump has been in office, the rhetoric has escalated to action. A couple of weeks ago, the U.S. blamed Iran for attacking two oil tankers off of Amman. That specific attack came after four other tankers were attacked off the coast of Al-Fajirah. Additionally, Yahoo News is reporting that U.S. Cyber Command launched a, quote, retaliatory digital strike, end quote, against Iran. Another side note here, <laughs> as I mentioned, this is the third article with the third different cost of this drone. Again, let me reiterate the point earlier, or just a second or two ago. Go check out multiple sources. The Yahoo News article had the cost at $240 million versus the one article that was $130 million versus the other one that was $220 million. The inconsistencies in little facts like that, the cost of a damn drone. Again, can you think that these folks can get some of the other more complex items figured out? Anyway, all right, I'll get off my soapbox once again. So here's where things start to escalate again even more. Thursday night, rolling into early Friday morning, reports came in that President Trump had authorized an airstrike on Iran, but then at the last minute called it off. From NPR.com on June 21st, and I quote, Planes were in the air and ships were in position, but no missiles had been fired when word came to stand down, end quote. And this is via NPR, via Times, who were citing multiple senior Trump administration officials. The NPR post continues, quote, however, Trump told NBC News on Friday that planes were not yet in the air when he decided against the retaliatory strike. But, quote, they would have been pretty soon, end quote, he added. Quote, and all things would have happened to a point where you wouldn't turn back, you couldn't turn back, end quote. But due to the potential of a high civilian casualty count as a result of this strike, President Trump had the Navy stand down. So why the need... Uh, for this level of response in the first place. Granted, whether the drone was worth $130 million or $240 was a full-on airstrike onto Iranian soil the appropriate response in this case? Could you call it a proportionate response? In my opinion, no, that wasn't a proportionate response. But was a military response even necessary at all? Would the cyber attack on to some military system been enough? But this gets to a bigger question is why are we there in the first place? Why is our presence needed in the Middle East to begin with? 
Now, I realize the conflict in the Middle East goes back hundreds and thousands and thousands of years long. But why are we here in the present day? No, that's not an easy answer. A little bit rhetorical. But with all of the tensions that are going on and the escalation from words to action, are we really doing ourselves a favor by having drones patrol the area near Iran. Now I realize that there are some very bad people running the Iranian government. I realize that there are a whole lot of people that hate us over there. And I have to admit that we are so far down the rabbit hole that climbing back out of it without any bumps or bruises or conflict may not be possible. The damage is already done. But from a long-term strategical standpoint and to keep us out of escalating into an all-out war, are little things like that going to keep a war from happening? Now, with this drone being shot down, there were no U.S. lives at risk at all. And again, I beg, I beg the question, why was it up there in the first place? To be in a position to be shot down. Now, if you take the U.S. side of things at 100% and that it was in international water, then it was an unprovocated attack. But if you take the other side, Iran's side of the story, and that it was in Iranian airspace, then it probably was going to get shot down. And according to one of the articles I read, the... Well, actually, I think it was in this video that I'm going to play for you here, here later, is that the drone went into Iranian airspace and it was given three or so warnings to back out. Now, in this video, um, the gentleman that will be speaking, his name is Robert Pope, and he is a political science professor at the University of Chicago. And... What he has to say, I think, is very interesting to go to the, the point of tensions being high and just even a slight misunderstanding, or in his words, a slight miscalculation, could have some very large consequences. So here is Mr. Pope. My thought is that the drone incident is a miscalculation, whether it's a miscalculation because the United States uh, moved um, a global hawk into uh, um, an environment where it was vulnerable, or whether it was a miscalculation because as the United States moved the global hawk inching toward Iranian space, if not over it, the, uh, the Iranians uh, overreacted and shot it down. Either way, it doesn't really matter who's ultimately to blame. This is a, a, a witch's brew of uh, which where miscalculation of some kind is just quite likely to happen. And that's what we observe. Now, if this was just a, quote, simple miscalculation, again, the ripple effects could have led us into an all out war with Iran. Thankfully, President Trump at the last minute called off the airstrike, but just imagine waking up Friday morning to the news of the U.S. bombs Iran and what Saturday and today and what tomorrow would look like had that happened. It's kind of a scary thought. I know from a military standpoint, the U.S. versus Iran 
we have by far the stronger military. But a war with them could get Russia and China involved on top of other non-nation state actors involved. And on top of that, the other Middle East countries that don't like us involved into it as well. Now, all of those folks against us, that's going to be a very hard situation for us to get out of. And at the end of the day, a war with Iran will not be good for anyone. As we have seen with our own response to this drone being shot down, there won't just be a physical response associated with an attack on Iran or an attack from Iran. It will almost certainly include cyber capabilities from both sides. A cyber attack on the U.S. is something that our civilian population is simply not ready for. Our grid has issues, our water, wastewater systems have issues, our healthcare system and financial systems, they're all vulnerable. And that's just naming a few. The consequences of an attack on Iran or in a war with Iran could hit us here on the U.S. mainland. Now, that is something that should scare the holy bejesus out of you all. Like I mentioned, there is a ton of resources, a ton of newspapers and articles that are or have been talking about this whole situation since Thursday. I'm going to post the links to everything that I have on the website. Unfortunately, Podbean, who's the new uh, provider, the new host for my podcast, really just doesn't give me the space to include all of the links outside of a, a short summary. That's all that I can really do on the Podbean site. So I will get all the links up there because I looked at from the Washington Post, which is where the video came from. There's the article from Wired.com. There's the article from the New York Times. There's something from CNN. There's something from MSNBC. Again, another one from the New York Times. Yahoo.com is where I got the info about the Pentagon um, releasing some statement about the U.S. Cyber Command launching the retaliatory digital strikes against Iran. Like I said, and then finally, here's the the, uh, story from NPR. So a lot of stuff out here. Part of my problem was paring it all down and kind of getting it into at least something that I could do for uh, the podcast here today. So beyond just talking about the conflict and the tension between the U.S. and Iran, I also wanted to, again, point out that you really need to read more than one site. And it doesn't take that long. There's not a whole lot of effort that goes into typing in whatever subject you're talking about and do a little research on it. ton of stuff comes up here. That What I did was maybe 30 minutes worth of actual research and then the rest of the time was just kind of looking through the what I thought were the valuable points to pull out and some of these articles again I mean they include tweets from the president 
and some quotes from other people and they pull from multiple sources as well and that's the other thing too if like in the NPR one they pulled the uh, a quote from the times so you can go and hit the times article and look at that and that may pull from a different source from there and go and go and go and the really the hardest part is knowing when to stop because you can put a, a lot of unnecessary time into research so there's a little bit of a a balance there of knowing when to say, eh, yeah, I've got enough, at least for what I need to do. Now, something, if you're writing a paper or something like that for class, yeah, you may need a few more and you probably need a little bit more academic related or academic level type of stuff. But for this show, pulling from uh, current topics, so even getting a, a variety of other sources like the Times and the Post and NBC and CNN, even though CNN isn't my favorite, try to be as balanced as I can and get information from multiple different sources and multiple different viewpoints. Not just what I think and from news sources that I think are more reliable, but it's also good to see what else is out there. And there are some good people at CNN, even though personally I think it's extremely uh, slanted liberal, but Fox News is extremely slanted right. So um, I pull or try to pull from as many of the different sources as possible. And you guys should too. Again, don't just take one source's word for it. Don't just take my word for it. If you see something or hear something that I do and you say, yeah, maybe that doesn't, you know, one, call me out on it. You know, please let me know. I do want to be as factually uh, accurate as I can be. If I mess up and there's just something that's blatantly wrong, tell me. I have no issue or qualms with correcting myself, correcting the way that I think. So since I've got a little bit of time and I'm currently under what I like to do for these podcasts, that 30 minute or so mark, I came across a meme on Facebook of Bernie Sanders. Fill the burn! And it's a picture of him at the top, and it says, healthcare is a right, and the government should pay for it. Underneath that is a picture of Trump holding what appears to be a Winchester lever action rifle, or some variant of a lever action rifle. And it says, guns are a right, should the government pay for them too? Question mark. And then there's another picture of Bernie just with this, you know, kind of grumpy, sad face looking at it. And and I thought it was funny. And being a little bit in a call it a sassy mood, if you will, I had a little bit of a sarcastic mood. I posted, Where is my subsidy for my right to bear arms? I think there is an inequity in the amount of 2A rights with those who have more guns than I do. Since they have more 2A freedoms and rights than I, the government should ensure that I have equal access and equal 2A rights. Nay, I demand the government give me equal access so I too have more 2A rights. Where's my Trump AR? I want my Trump AR, and I want it now. I added that last little piece for <laughs> the podcast. And in parentheses, 
I said, I'm being completely satirical here for those of you who got triggered. But you can see how crazy this sounds. It is just as crazy sounding with an insert, whatever other right you want to at the end of that statement. <laughs> and it caused a little bit of a, a storm amongst some of my friends. And I won't get into names and I won't get into the post. But I just thought it was a little bit humorous uh, of a meme. And occasionally I will do that to see what type of reaction I will get from my friends and from others to create a dialogue. It isn't really necessarily to poke fun at anybody, poke fun at uh, Bernie or Trump in this case, or anything like that. It's just really trying to create a dialogue and conversation. Because at the end of the day, it's about having conversations. And if we can't talk, and if we can't necessarily get to the point, even if it's agreed to disagree, and it gets into just fighting and personal attacks, you know, where are we as a society? Okay, guys, that's it for this week's show. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks again to our sponsor, Delta Research, for supporting this show. If you want to join in on the conversation, go to the show's webpage at cybernowpod.com. Visit us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, by the way. If you want to get a hold of me directly, you can find me on Twitter at the underscore Polititech, or you can email me at nick at thepolititech.com. Finally, if you think this show is worthy, go to iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting platform to subscribe, rate, review, and don't forget to share the show. If you guys do all of that, I will be back again next week to do this thing once more. Until then, have a great week. We'll talk to you soon.